Just sing that again. Lord, I give you my heart. I give you my soul. I live for you alone. Every breath that I take, every moment I'm awake, Lord, have your way in me. Jesus, Jesus, have your way in me. Jesus, have your way in us. Lord Jesus, we put our toys away and we come to the living God. We come before a sovereign God. We come before one who made this world, one who formed us, one who created us, one who called us before time even began. Father, we come before you, a magnificent one, creator of all that we see and so much that we don't see. We come to you, a giver of wonderful promises. We come to you, our faithful brother and our friend. Jesus, we come to you. Jesus, we come to you. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. When I came to you, brothers and sisters, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing, nothing amongst you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. I came to you in weakness and with fear, and with much trembling. My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith may not rest on men's wisdom, Julian's preaching, David and John's leadership, but on God's power. It's Sunday, it's, what is it, quarter past, glad the clock's working. Time to switch off and think about the Grand Prix at one o'clock. I tell you, precious friends, and you're becoming precious friends, God wants to do business with us this morning. He wants to meet with us this morning. It's time to activate some of the things that God has been saying to us. And I just come as a rather weak and vulnerable vessel, which I believe God, by his grace, will use this morning. So I beg you, please don't switch off. I beg you, listen. Don't listen to my voice. Listen to the Spirit of God, because he's going to be talking to your heart this morning. Listen. Listen to what God is going to say. We're going to have a time of ministry at the end. I'm not going to invite people for prayer while we have coffee. 
we're going to have a time of ministry at the end because we are a body and we are going to pray together. We're going to pray together. What was it that Iris said when we were giving thanks for Dulcie's life? She said, Dulcie said, I realised how essential it was to read my Bible. Is that the right quote? There is a seed that has fallen into the ground. Now it's time to bear some fruit. So, the essential word of God, part two, one of a series of about a hundred, but part two, <laughs> please. Um, but we're, we're looking at, at the essential word of God. If you didn't hear it last time, then grab the tape or whatever. But um, last time we were looking at the word of God, the Bible, looking at prophetic words God has said to us. Um, but mainly speaking about the Bible, there were three points that we looked at. One was the importance of the word of God, the Bible. The other was the word is the entrance to the presence of God. And thirdly, that the word will be contested. Now, last time I encouraged you uh, to maybe have a go at Proverbs. Read a proverb, one a day for each day of the week. Anybody, anybody manage to have a little bit of a go at that? Yeah? Fantastic. It's good, isn't it? There's some great stuff in that book. And um, I was challenged myself. I thought, whoops, I said it, so perhaps I'd better do it as well. And um, I got thoroughly blessed in it. But today, I want, I want us to look at our response to God's word, whether from the Bible or whether from prophecy. I want to see what our responsibilities are to activate what God says, both individually and as a church. We sit here week by week, we hear the word, oh, that's nice, lovely, go home. But we have a responsibility to act on what God has said, to activate the word of God. It's not about manipulation, it's about cooperating with the spirit of God. Now, Julia and I are indebted to one of our former pastors who taught some principles that I'm going to lay out this morning. Um, And we've been proving this for over 20 years now, so um, it's been a core foundation to our lives And uh, we've been trying to work it out, not always easy, but um, believe me, these are core foundations and I believe that there'll be great help to the family here at at Beacon and I offer it to you for you to weigh in your own heart, for David and John to weigh and to use as appropriate. So the three main scriptures, I've put them down in the notes, um, but if you didn't get them, Matthew 13, 1 to 23, Luke 8, 4 to 21, And Mark 4, 1 to 20. Quick drink. For the sake of time, we're just going to look at Mark chapter 4. So Mark chapter 4, 1 to 20. Please stop the clock. And Jesus began to teach again by the sea. And such a very great multitude gathered to him that he got into a boat in the sea and sat down. And the whole multitude was, was by the sea on the land. Why buy a new building? Why not go into Stud Hill Bay and preach out of a boat, eh? Cool. Very good, very good acoustics, actually, when you're on the beach. You can hear a lot. God's very practical, isn't he? And Jesus was teaching them many things in parables. He was saying to them in his teaching, listen to this. 
Brothers and sisters, listen to this. Behold, the sower went out to sow. And it came about that as he was sowing, some seed fell beside the road. And the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on the rocky ground where it did not have much soil. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of soil. And after the sun had risen, it was scorched. And because it had no root, it withered away. And other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns came up and choked it, and it yielded no crop. And the other seed fell on the good soil, and as they grew up and increased, they yielded a crop, producing thirty, sixty, and one hundredfold. And Jesus was saying to them, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And as soon as he was alone, his followers, along with the twelve, began asking him about the parables. And Jesus was saying to them, to you has been given the mystery of the kingdom of God. But to those who are outside, they get everything in parables. In order that while seeing, they may see and not perceive. While hearing, they may hear and not understand, lest they return and be forgiven. And Jesus said to them, do you not understand this parable? How will you understand all parables? The sower sows the word. If you're an underliner, that's one. The sower sows the word. And these are the ones who are beside the road where the word is sown. And when they hear, immediately the enemy comes and takes away the word which has been sown in them. And in a similar way, there are the ones on whom the seed was sown, on the rocky places, who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no firm root in themselves but are only temporary, then when affliction or persecution arises because of the word, immediately they fall away. And the others are the ones on whom the seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones who have heard the word, and the worries of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the desire for other things enter in and choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. And those who are the ones on whom the seed was sown on the good soil, hooray, they hear the word and accept it and bear fruit 30, 60 and 100 fold. Father God, I pray that your Holy Spirit would open our eyes to see the truth of your word this morning. That Father, you would speak into our hearts by your Holy Spirit. And that, Father, that we would be doers of the word of God and not merely hearers only. In Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, dear, dear, dear. Just looking at some of the things God said to us and things that people had on their heart this morning. Might come back to that. It's good, wasn't it? Was the worship good? Yeah? 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 Anyone alive out there? Mark 4 refers to the dynamic of God's word affecting Christians and not specifically an evangelistic response to non-Christians. Now, I know there's a bit of a debate here, but just bear with me. One can argue that from Luke 8.12, Jesus speaks about the enemy stopping people getting saved by hearing the word, but really it's the only reference that Jesus alludes to in these three different accounts. So in Matthew 13, 19, Jesus says the seed is the word of the kingdom, not the word of salvation, the word of the kingdom. 
And a kingdom is where a king should reign. And who's our king? Jesus. Shout it out. Jesus. I hope that's water, Sandy. (laughs) Can I have some? (laughs) People are drinking already. That was coming at 5 to 12. (laughs) So... Just for the moment, please lay aside that thought about the traditional salvation interpretation and hear the heart that Jesus has today from his word. Because I believe that today, even though we're looking at it from that angle, people can still get saved today. I believe people can still meet with our King Jesus for the very first time and their life can be radically changed forever. And I mean forever. So the seed is the word of God. After me, the seed is the word of God. And one more time, the seed is the word of God. That's not manipulation. I'm just trying to get the word of God in. Okay? Get in the word of God. This is important. Please listen. Okay? Jesus said, listen. Listen. Every word that God speaks to us will always be a seed. And the seed always falls to the ground. Gravity. So the seed will always fall. And I believe that the ground or the soil is our heart. That was even something that was picked up at prayer meeting yesterday. Our heart is the soil. Our heart is the soil. Now Jesus is challenging his disciples to look at their own hearts. And I have to say, he wants us to do the same. He wants us to look at our own hearts this morning. Simply, is my heart stony, hard, full of thorns, or is it... Good soil. Well, just take a step back for a moment. Why is Jesus' teaching on this word so important? Why is this such a foundational word? Well, I believe this is a key parable. Verse 13 says that if we understand this parable, we will understand all things. So grasp, let's grasp the principles that Jesus is showing us here. Grasp, understand the principle. And we will have some keys to understanding the word of God. Believe me, we've, we've proved this through tears, but we have proved this. This teaching is important because it's, it's key to understanding the activity of the enemy. Boo. Now, we have an enemy, we know. He seeks to snatch the word. He hates the word. Yeah. Because the word will always defeat him when it is used correctly. Okay. Corinthians, uh, 2 Corinthians 2.11 says, We are not ignorant of Satan's devices. You know, the word sets out the enemy's strategy so that we are not ignorant. Remember, only come against the enemy with the word of God when directed by God. Thirdly, why is the teaching of this word so important? It's a key to fruitfulness. Now, we want to be fruitful, don't we? This building's too small? Yes. 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 I quite like it, actually. Could be the overflow, video overflow. You know, there's there's Pastor Pastor Ivan there preaching at the big hall, and we're here in the overflow. Why not? Do you lie in bed and dream about things like that? It's a key to fruitfulness. Verse 20 shows us that the seed sown on good soil bears 30, 60, and 100 fold. Not percent, fold. David's probably a bit of a mathematician, I guess, being you know engineering mind. But fold is very different from percent. Wow, the word of God. 
we could have a hundredfold on the word of God. That might not mean a lot at the minute, but just bear with me. Luke doesn't care. He just goes for it. Hundredfold. He doesn't bother with 30 or 60. Luke is a go-getter. But remember the teaching Steve gave on God's fruity people? Do you remember that? He called us. He said that Jesus called us to bear fruit and for our fruit to remain. So when we step out in God, it'll remain. When people get saved in this church, they will remain. They won't fall away. They become strong. They become established. They become prayers, givers, supporters, people that lay down their life. They will see more people getting saved. Okay? They are not going to fall away because they are going to remain if we act on the word of God. Fourthly, this teaching is so important because it's a key to progressing our Christian life. Jesus, Jesus was speaking to them with many parables as they were able to hear. And dear friends, so often we do not hear when God is speaking. We become dull of hearing. Oh, it's David and he's talking about Matthew. That's nice. And yeah, it was a good word. We need to hear, hear the word of God. Uh, I, can, I can't say God says this, God says that. I can't presume that. But his heart is that we hear what he says to us and that we act on what we hear. Faithful use and correct application of the word of God qualifies us for more. Isn't that wonderful? And testing and persecution, but more, more of the word. So, the soil is my heart. All together now, the soil is my heart. Very good. I will give Julian 100 pounds. No, okay. <laughs> no, send, send it to someone who needs it. So our heart, or the soil, can be like our gardens. Alex is a gardener. I'm a gardener. Julia's a gardener. Steve is definitely not a gardener. Bless him. <laughs> Hi, Steve. <laughs> But our heart is the soil, and the soil is like the soil in our garden. Now, you go around some garden, not Bill's, because Bill's garden's fantastic. It's perfect in every way. <laughs> but in some places, it's stony. In some places, it's good. And in some places, like the side of our garden, it needs a little bit of attention. So some words we hear fall on good soil, but we'll come back to that later. Anyone running a sweepstake on how many pages I've got here? Huh? No? Okay. <laughs> What's that? So let's look at the heart conditions that we have, okay? Which Jesus says that we can have. This isn't me, this is what Jesus says about our heart, because Jesus is always after our heart. That comes out in the word self, and he's after our heart. Not, oh, isn't Julie wonderful? Or isn't John great on the guitar? No, he's after our heart. He's after our heart. Now, who knows my surname? Correct. What's my religion? Put the two together. Dada. Three. I ought to know that. That's a good one. Okay. Time for a bit of heart surgery, folks. Time for a bit of heart surgery. Every word sown whether from the Bible or maybe prophetic, we'll always get one of the following responses from our heart. So we'll always get one of the following responses from our heart. Mark 4.15, it's immediately snatched away. It's as if it was never there. 
verse 15 makes it clear that we heard the word, but it's gone. It's gone. Luke 8.5 talks about the word getting trampled on. Now, I'm sure we've all experienced this, that God says, speaks to us and we get all excited and we share with someone and they merrily trample over everything that we've just sort of shared from our heart. And that can be really hard. And we can be robbed. We can be robbed. And our heart has no chance to receive and nurture that word. There are times when we receive the word with great joy. Maybe you heard, the God, maybe you heard God speak to you personally here at Beacon. Yeah? You heard God speak to you here at Beacon? God giving you a word. He's spoken to you. Maybe you went to a conference and you received a mighty prophecy which thrilled you. But your heart was a bit of a rocky soil. You got all excited. And the testing comes. Mm. Often from experience, I think it's God that brings the testing. He wants to see whether I'm willing to submit to authority, whether I'm willing to serve, whether I'm willing to submit that word, that prophecy that I've had, to prove it, to prove it. Because God wants to test our heart because he's after my heart. We receive the word with joy, but we're too shallow. I could be too immature to hold on to that word. You know, stickability is a rare commodity in the world today. Both in the world, the age in which we live, and sometimes, I would say, even within the church. We may have a good idea, God might speak to us. And we start to respond, but then it starts to get a bit tough, you know, it starts to get a bit difficult, and the passion starts to shrivel up. Now, just be honest here, I think this has been a challenge with cell groups gets a bit nitty-gritty, maybe it's not meeting your expectations, and therefore you start to value the question, the value, question the value of it. Four W's, is it working? I don't think it's working. I don't know. But the thing is, sell is what the Holy Spirit said to us at Beacon to do. So let's allow the word to enter good soil. You hear me? Let it enter good soil. Father, I don't always get it, but this is your heart. Father, you gave me this prophecy about this. I don't understand it, but I want my heart to be right. I want to receive what you are saying to me. I want to respond. I want a, I want a harvest from what you're saying to us. So yeah, cell might need to be adapted or whatever, that's fine. But let's not be robbed by difficult or challenging situations because this is what God is saying to us within Beacon. Yeah? Does that kind of hang with folk? Yeah? Now, let's, let's not be dishonest about how we feel about things. Let's be honest, but let's be honest before the word of God, not about my feelings. Now, Luke 8, 6 speaks about a lack of moisture. Oh, boy. Now, to me, this speaks about a lack of the water of the word and a lack of the water of the Holy Spirit. Dear friends, continue to soak yourself in the Word and the Holy Spirit. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what it says. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let that Word go into good soil. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. I want to be being filled with the Holy Spirit. 
Yes, Father, that's your word. It's not just for someone else. It's for I can be filled with your Holy Spirit. I want that today, tomorrow morning, when I'm in Morrison's, when I'm driving the car, when I'm shopping, when I'm visiting that difficult family member. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Luke 8, um, sorry. So maybe, maybe God has given you a prophecy or given you a word and it's being tested. If so, don't argue. Just go with God and let him work on your heart. You know, I made a very interesting discovery. Just don't bear with me a minute. Okay, you watch me. There's a... When you bang your head against the wall, it hurts. Once I actually twigged that to stop the pain, you stop banging your head against the wall. It's very, now that, that's not just being clever. The thing is that this is true. God's word is true. You go, yeah, but huh, I, I don't like what the word says about, mm, I won't be controversial, or, mm, and I, I, don't, I, I don't see what it means about that, and, and surely Israel this, and, and it's, it's okay, but this is the word of God. Lots of interpretations, I know, but this is the word of God. This is truth. This is what we can build our lives upon. And often the reason I've got a headache is because I'm banging my head, trying to get my own way, rather than saying, okay, Father, this is true, and I'm going to do it your way. Fed up with running, I'm going to do it your way. Believe me, either way, it'll get you. (laughs) It'll get us. So, Luke 8, 14 talks about a kind of fruit that does not come to maturity. Now, it talks about a desire for other things. Now, hear me here. I'm going to be, again, a little bit controversial, so I'll start walking now. But we think, oh, the desire for other things robs us of the word. That must be money, sin, pleasure, anything that basically is nice or naughty. I would say it can even be a desire for other things, even Christian things can take us away from the word which God has spoken to us. <laughs> the Portuguese interpreters will have great fun with that one, won't they? I'll be honest with you. I have set my mind that I'm going to submit myself to the teaching of Beacon Church. What these guys bring, I'm going to submit myself to it. You know, we have invaluable resources within the family of churches that we're part of. Church on the farm, together on the mission, New Frontiers. There are fantastic resources. Now there are other wonderful organisations, wonderful preachers, fantastic books. That's fantastic. Great. Hallelujah. Bless them. But God has put us in this family, in this realm. And before I turn on my Christian TV to find out what so-and-so is saying, I want to hear what God's saying through David. Because he's a father to this church. And he will be speaking his heart, which is specifically right for us. So I won't push any further on that because I get quite passionate. Brothers and sisters, we we have wonderful resources. Last time I mentioned Tom Shaw shared a word on on idols together at Church on the Farm. If you've got a computer and have any idea what a download is, do it. I mentioned last time that we could get a CD. 
It is the word of God to us as a church, as churches. This is what God is saying to us. So we have wonderful resources. And, and I would even suggest... Um, no, just stop there. So our heart is the soil. So be wise where you get your seed. That's really what I'm trying to say. Maybe a couple of weeks' time, rather than going to that Christian thing or that Christian thing, listen to what Tom said. Get the tapes of of what John and David have been sharing. Let's hear what God is saying to us. Let's hear what God is saying to us. Because when we act on the word, there will be growth and there will be foundations and we will be strong and we'll grow. If not, we'll be blessed but we'll all be a little bit here, there, and everywhere. Now the good bit. The seed that foils <laughs> falls in good soil, bears much fruit. Matthew 13, 23 says, And the one on whom the seed was sown on good soil, this is the man who hears the word and understands it. Okay, so there's a bit of effort involved. Understands it who indeed bears fruit and brings forth a hundred, sixty, and some thirty. Luke 8, 15. And the seed on the good soil, these are the ones... Am I a bit gainy? Or is that just my throat? Yeah. And the seed in the good soil, these are the ones who heard the word in an honest and good heart and hold it fast and bear fruit with perseverance. So... Our responsibilities to be a good soil, have a soft, receiving heart. Do you want to be a Mary or a Zachariah? I got this one this morning, so this isn't in the notes. You, David and John put in this. When you, when you write down the word, then you go over it a few times. You see this and this and this. Suddenly you've got a book. But when the angel came to Mary and said, "You're going to have a son." She said, well, how can this be? He said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And she went, okay, let it be done. That's fine. The angel speaks to Zachariah. Well, I'm a bit old. I don't know about this. I'm not so sure. And So when, when we, to be a good soil, be a Mary, not a Zachariah. M before Z. <laughs> be a Mary. Okay, Lord, I don't know how you're going to do this. How are you going to provide a home for us when we get married? How are you going to provide it? Lord, I don't know. But let it be according to your word that you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. We have given. It will be given to us, pressed down, shaken together. They will pour into our laps such a blessing that we cannot contain it. That is the word of God. Rather than, well, I don't see how God can do it because the recession and interest rates are really low and people can't afford to bless us. No, no. This is the word. Be a Mary. Lord, I don't know, but I just receive it because you're my father. So our responsibility, good soil, and don't keep digging the seed up. Do you remember as children we used to plant bean seeds? Did you do this? You planted the bean seed and the, and the root came up the blotting paper and sometimes you put it into the soil. You think, I wonder how it's doing. Oh yeah, a bit of a shoot. Two days later, well, it's not growing so well, no. Once you've put the seed in, leave it. Let, the, let it grow. It does talk about unless a seed falls into the ground and dies, it, bears, it abides alone. Oh man, that's two weeks on that. Let it die and let God bring the growth. Could be a word for someone, certainly a word for me. Let it die and let God bring the growth. So our responsibility is to be a good soil and just don't keep digging it up. I respectfully say, what are God's responsibilities? The seed. 
The seed. The seed. And secondly, the growth. Mark 4, 26, 27 says, The kingdom of God is like a man who casts seed upon the soil and goes to bed at night and gets up by day. There's a word for the young people. (laughs) You go to bed at night and you get up by day. And the seed sprouts up and grows how he himself does not know. We do not know how God does it. When we pray for folks and we pray together at the end and God starts working, there's going to be no kind of, I don't know. It's the Holy Spirit of God. It's a different realm. The Holy Spirit of God does his work. We don't understand, but he does it because he loves us. And the word tells us that he loves us. So how it grows, we do not know. So, dear friends, sow the word of God. Stay faithful and let God's word do its work in you. So, let's be practical. How do I do it? That's very nice, Julian. Very nice. bit better than Sunday School 1, but um, I still haven't really got a clue what you're talking about. This is the word of God. You can read it. If you find me, like me, you find reading difficult, you can get it on tape, you can get it on CD, you can have someone read it to you. But this is the word of God. Soak yourself in the word of God. And soak yourself in the teaching that we receive here, week by week. Hear and get the theme, the thrust of what the Holy Spirit is saying to us at Beacon, not because we're exclusive and wonderful, but because this is just a contribution of part of what God is doing within the family of churches we're part of. I want to go back to the Word of God. Um, Colossians, I'd love to read all of Colossians 3. You know, if people like homework, Colossians 3 is just a stonking book. But verse 616, 3.16, John 3.16, Colossians 3.16, <laughs> 1 Corinthians 3.16. But Colossians 3.16, let the word of Jesus Christ dwell richly within you. The only way it will dwell in you is if we get it inside us. If we don't put the word in, there ain't nothing to come out. That's a whole other one on its own. Because it goes on to say, whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of Jesus Christ, giving thanks through him. God the Father, it talks about wives and husbands loving wives and children and slaves and so forth. There's a lot of instructions there. think, oh, I've got to do that and how can I do this? But if we're filled with the word of God, if we're filled with the spirit of God, these things don't come easily, but we are working in cooperation with what the word is saying. This isn't just a list of things to do. This is truth. This is truth. I love it. Every time Helen shares anything, it's always the word of God. Psalm this, psalm that. Fantastic. It's the word of God. It's the word of God. And the word of God is always truth. So, (laughs) morning, Bob. Mamesa. It's gone. Okay. Knowing the principles of management, and no one remembers a blooming thing you say, I thought I would give a few examples. So I have here some soil holders from Morrison's. 
So times like this, I'm glad we haven't got a video link. If you can't see at the back, you're very blessed. Okay. I'm path. I don't want to get the carpet dirty. I really don't. I promise you that is good soil. Da, da, da. Good soil. Guess what that is? Actually, I won't bother with the rest. Compost. And finally, brethren, (laughs) it's gone into my bag. Rocky soil. Not Rocky 3, Rocky soil. Okay, so, there's our boxes. David encourages us as a body at Beacon, saying, Beacon needs to have a sure word only found in Jesus. He shared some pointers to keep us as a church on track, to read the letters of the church to the churches in Revelation, to maintain our love for Jesus, based on my favourite psalm, 27, and not to forsake meeting together. Now, I didn't bring any seed because I just couldn't bear the thought of scattering it all over the carpet. So here's my seed. So I scatter my seed. See? There's the seed. And the seed is falling in all those different soils. Now, Steve spoke to us about God's fruity people. Does, Does everyone remember that? Yeah? Does anyone not remember that? It would really help if someone said, I don't remember a word of that. Oh, great. Someone doesn't remember anything about it. So here's Steve and Steve saying, Steve saying, um, you know, abide in Jesus. The Father is the gardener. Be, 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 be pruned. Bear much fruit. That's what Steve's saying. And you can't remember a word of it. So here comes... anything wrong with that penguins can't fly I hope that when you go home and you don't remember a thing I did you think he had a penguin and it didn't fly remember the reason I had a penguin that didn't fly is because the enemy comes and robs the word and we don't even remember it so all gone okay the en- immediately the enemy comes and robs the word. Things we can do as beacon. Oh, I can't remember. I don't know. I don't know what it's about. Don't bother reading Revelation. It's gone. It's gone immediately. So then um, Steve's talking about God's fruity people. I have to look at my notes. <laughs> and uh, well, you can make it up for yourself. You know, you put it in, and it goes in amongst the stones. Oh yeah, fruity people, and I'm going to bear fruit, and and okay, I'm going to be pruned, but God's going to. Yes, it's so good. And then stuff starts going a bit wrong few problems, bit of a bit of a misunderstanding with someone in the church. Oh goodness, oh no, I don't think oh no. And it just withers, it withers away. Or Steve's got this word. Steve shares about um, you know, we're in the vine, we're part of Jesus, we're part of his family. God is supplying us 
uh, we will bear much fruit, and it goes in amongst the thorns. In amongst the thorns. And you're thinking, well, that's okay, but my daily Bible reading, we're having a great time in Ezekiel 97 at the minute, and it's talking about the consolation of Syria. And I must talk to David about that, because I think we should be praying for Syria. And it just, other things, it just chokes. Chokes the word, and we forget that Steve taught us that we are in Christ Jesus. We are part of him. He is part of us. And of course, the good soil. Father, Father, here's my heart. This soil is my heart. David has shared with us that we, we will not forsake meeting together. Well, I'm feeling a bit tired today. I've got a bit of a headache today. My leg's hurting. If I go, everyone ought to pray for it. It's a bit embarrassing. No, but David encouraged us not to forsake meeting together. So I'm going to go. I don't feel like it, but I'm going to go because it's good to be with the people of God. That's good soil. And God will bless you and bless us and bless us. Good soil. So don't be robbed. Let's meditate on the word and let's see what God is saying to us. Let's return with a passion to the Bible. Let's return to a good confession. You know Psalm 1? Psalm 1. Blessed is the man that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly, seat in the seat of scoffers, or sit in the path of sinners, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in that law he meditates day and night, and he will be, not might be, he will be like a tree firmly planted by springs of water, whose leaf does not wither, bears fruit in season, and whatever he does prospers. The wicked are not so, they like the chaff. Okay, So meditate in the word of God. Just take Psalm 1. Enjoy it. Let it work in our hearts. Hebrews 4, 12 to 16. It's a fantastic scripture. Enjoy the word of God, living, active, sharper than any two-edged sword. Divide, divide between soul and spirit, joint and marrow. Able, oh dear, to discern, oh dear, the thoughts oops, and intentions, oh heavens, of the heart. The word gets right into us. Oh boy. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that your way may be prosperous, etc., etc., etc. There are great scriptures. Enjoy. I've put other scriptures down, but because of time, I'll have to leave them there. So I want to encourage us as a body, us as a body, to reignite our desire and our love for the word of God. You know, for for some here today, I believe this is a day that God, again, wants to reveal his love to us. I mean, we had some fantastic things. Lizzie talked about receiving and absorbing the love of Jesus. What is it to absorb the love of Jesus? Now, go home, get a flannel, you pop it in the sink, it absorbs. Wouldn't it be wonderful if we could absorb the love of Jesus? I believe that God wants to do business with us. Oh, man, I'm going to have to leave a lot of this. Peggy, do you want to come and share the picture that you had yesterday, please? And that will all have to be left. Do I need that? Or just so that people know. It's after the prayer meeting yesterday. I wasn't going to say anything, but during the prayer meeting, I saw a stream and embankment with lovely trees full of leaves but right in the centre there was 
just a trunk of a tree. No branches, just a dead trunk, and it was hollow. And uh, Junior said it. Okay. Now, to me, that was a fantastic encouragement because I really, I really believe that, that the Lord just wanted to minister to us this morning. And he showed me two scriptures. One was Daniel 4, when it talks about Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar was a king that didn't really get on very well. He wasn't a very nice fella. And, um, and he didn't really acknowledge God. And the prophets came. He had a dream, had a dream about a tree, and the tree was cut off to the stump. And Daniel, who was a real man of God, he, he, uh, he was able to interpret this dream. And he said, you are like that tree. You're going to be cut off. But when you acknowledge God, you will grow again and you will sprout again. So it was rather exciting when, when Peggy shared that. And also, scrap all that. This is the scripture which I believe the Lord wanted us just to minister to one another this morning because just need the Holy Spirit to help me here because of time so I don't want to rush or abuse the time thing let me read the scripture to you Job 14 7 to 9 says this at least there is hope for a tree if it is cut down it will sprout again and its new shoots will not fail. Its roots may grow old in the ground and its stump die in the soil, yet at the scent of water it will bud and put forth shoots like a plant. And this morning, remember, keep your hearts soft, keep your hearts open, beware of other things, beware of the enemy robbing. This is what the Holy Spirit, I believe, is saying, and that is that for some of us, We feel like we're a stump. We feel like we've just been cut down. But the Holy Spirit, there is a river. I think David alluded to it. There is a river. And the river is the Spirit of God. And the Spirit of God gives life, gives health, gives abundance, gives freshness, resolves dryness. The Word of God is spirit and it is life. It is life. And I believe this morning... That, we, that I want to pray with people, I want us, Dave and John, others, to pray with folk that we will be filled again with the spirit of the living God. That where there is emptiness, where there is heaviness, where there is disappointment, where you feel you've been cut off, we want to pray that the spirit of the living God will water you and the shoots will come. Because based on the word of God, let me tell you, there is hope. There is hope, even if you feel cut off, you know. Let's be real. I'm not having an easy time at the minute. We're not having an easy time at the minute. It's tough. But God's word is true. David said, a bruise, uh, from Isaiah, a bruised reed he will not break. A, a, a smouldering wick he will not snuff out. And that isn't what Jesus wants to do. He wants to bring strength and life. If you want to be prayed for to receive more of the Holy Spirit, for refreshment in God, come forward now. David, John and I will pray. Come now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Don't be robbed. Thank you, Lord Jesus.